When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Sorry, massively interrupted. Oh, so Ricky's going for a snog with his missus. Live. <laughs> Hello everybody, my name's James, welcome to another Planet FPL Clash of the Correspondents and we're looking forward to a London derby in Game Week 27 on this COTC. Firstly, let me introduce you to our Tottenham Hotspur Correspondent, Ricky Saunders. How are you, Ricky? Uh, All good, mate, all good. Uh, Yourself? Yeah, not too bad, thank you, mate. And our Crystal Palace Correspondent, Rory McLaughlin-Dowd is in. Hello, Rory, how are you, mate? Much better after the weekend, thanks, James. Good stuff. I can imagine so. We'll come back to that. Uh, Ricky, I I wanted to ask you first, though, the the important question I always ask you when you come on COTC. Could no, we can't, right? So, not anymore. No, no, not anymore. No point, is there? So, what's what's the objective for for Tottenham for the rest of this season, or or does it not matter? Well, it it does matter. Um, We obviously we're not going to win anything now, so. From where, from where we are at the moment, the objective now is to get into top four or five if the coefficients go the right way. But from the start of the season, it was basically embed the new manager, get the players, uh, plan as a team, watch enjoyable football. But where we are at the moment, the, the, position, the, the, um, the goal has got to be get top four, got to be. Is it realistic? Yeah, very much so. Um there's, there's uh, obviously Chelsea are doing their best to uh, to not qualify. United, after a little bit of a run, seem to be doing exactly the same. Um, Newcastle, I know you you keep saying they've got a great run coming up, and they have, but I think they're probably too far off the pace at the moment. So it's 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 us and Villa really. I mean United, you you can't rule out United, especially uh, if Hoyland's uh, injury isn't isn't too bad. Um, but it, there's 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 three teams looking for one definite position and one possible position. So I'll rephrase the question then. If Tottenham don't finish top five from here, is it a failure? From from this point or this season? From this point. From this point, yeah, I think it is. I genuinely think it is. We've we've now got pretty much all of our players back. There's there's a few Obviously, I know we, we've, there's still some doubts over in Doggy. He looks like he's back for the weekend, and Porro uh, may maybe back for the Villa game. Um, but other than that, we've we've got a fully fit team. Uh, we've got no excuses. We've got one game a week. Um, there's, there's nothing, nothing, no excuses now. This this is this is as good a chance as as, uh, as we've had in a, in a in a little while. I'm going to pull you up on that Porro comment because there's a lot of be waiting on that. Have you heard something? No, I haven't. Um, I'm waiting on it as well, mate, because uh, I'm okay. not going to get rid of him ahead of 29. So I'm waiting on Porro News as well. Okay, cool. Rory, is neutral. How do you see, um, I guess, Champions League qualification? How do you see that as as a neutral at the moment? 
Uh, yeah, it's been, it's been primarily uh, interesting because of all the injuries that teams have been having. I mean, you just mentioned uh, your injuries there and you, you sort of uh, went off the boil a little bit after perhaps being, you know, could we kind of um, in that sort of mould, potentially running um, running for the, the title. And then obviously Villa have had persistent injury problems. United have had loads of injuries. Brighton have had loads of injuries. I think Newcastle. it's Newcastle. Yeah, otherwise they'd be a lot better off. Um West Ham would say them as well. Uh, I've had yeah. a lot of injuries. So it's primarily that. I think it, it it seems that United had a bit of a shot in the arm when they got the, the new ownership in. And that maybe could have um, could have uh, made them able to compete. But I think some of the momentum's going out of that. I think the dissatisfaction with the manager is fairly widespread there at the moment among the fan base. So I, I think you and Villa will probably do it if it's five. If it goes down to... Uh, just being four places or the, the regular top four, I would probably just give Villa the edge looking at some of the, the sort of the underlying statistics and looking at um, like their expected goal difference and uh, that they are the fourth best team in the league. I think you guys are a little bit further down uh, behind that. So, yeah, I, I would give Villa slightly the edge on you guys. But, yeah, playing one game a week is obviously a bit of an advantage. Massive game next week, Ricky, isn't it? At, at Villa Park, therefore. Oh, yeah, it is. It's... Um... In in terms of what we hope to achieve for the rest of the season, it's, it's going to be our biggest game of the season, I think. And tough tough place to go as well. I mean, we were both there last year. Obviously, different team, different manager, but it, it wasn't it wasn't a good performance. So I'm a little bit nervous going back. I'm not going to lie. And, and they're much better now as well. Yeah, I mean, we we are as well to be fair. But they, are, I mean, Villa Park has has very much uh, become a bit of a fortress uh, this season. You know, not not so much in recent games, maybe, but. Overall, that is a tough, tough place to go. And it's fair to say that we've been picking up some uh, some results, but we haven't exactly been in form. You know, we, we haven't been playing well. We've been getting over the line in some games, but it's it's not been the performances we were putting in at the start of the season. Rory raised a very good point about this expected goal difference. Are you aware of what it is per game, Ricky, for Tottenham? Um, I can't remember exactly, but I know that we are quite low down on the list. Yeah, basically 10th for Ten. on expected wow. goal difference per game or expected goal difference per 90. Same same thing. Uh, Palace, for the record, are 15th on that at the moment. What's mm-hmm. perhaps more alarm- alarming, Ricky, is expected goals against this season. Yeah, that's going to be, we're going to be <laughs> high on the list of that one. That's for sure. 13th. We, yeah, we give up a lot of big chances. I mean, it's it's quite fortunate, I suppose, for this weekend that Palace don't really have any decent strikers. Although that, that's a comment that will come back and haunt me, I know. You are a sound. We can player, only hope. You, <laughs> uh, Rory, do you know where Palace are on that table? I think we're like, um, would the expected goals against or the expected goals? Expected different? goals against only. I think we're just, just up above mid-table. Seventh, yeah, that's good. Um, but I think, I mean, you've got to remember all the injuries we've had, we haven't had them in defense really. So it is the sort of first choice defense and sort of doubling down and Hodgson's style of play and everything like that. We'll have um, we'll have prioritized that a little bit, but we we knew what we were going to do this season if we were going to do anything would be based on defense, and we didn't realize that it would be what we're trying to achieve is safety again. The data modelers, Ricky, would suggest on that XGA and XGD. Tottenham aren't going to compete for fourth. That is that is fair, um, but football. Uh, who, who, who was it? Was it, was it Paisley? Was it or something like that? So like, about football's not paid on paper; it's played on grass. So, yeah, we last season we were, would have been quite similar. And all right, as you know, I forget last season because that was rubbish. The season before we would have been quite similar. You know, we conceded a lot of goals and, and we managed to finish fourth. Um, all right, things went our way, um, probably more so than, than ever before. But yeah, look, it's th- these these things for me. They're always guides. Um, I I've never picked a player in fan. I'm talking about fantasy now. A, a player based on XA or XGA or penalty goals or goals minus penalty, whatever. I I don't look at football in that way. Some people will, and that's fine. But I'm I don't look at it that way. I just look at what I'm seeing on the pitch and on the pitch, we've got enough to, to push for that four spot. But 
the model does suggest that Tottenham should basically be mid-table at the moment. But it doesn't feel like that. Is it just, Ricky, that this team is way too open? Now, I think it's possibly fair to ask a question that I think a lot of the neutrals are beginning to think a little bit. Is Ange Postacoglu getting away without criticism at the moment in terms of how open the team is? Yes, he is. Um, Obviously, there was was rumblings um, and comments and criticism after the Chelsea game. And I mean, I I was as a fan, I was criticised uh, by my friends, and I I did my best to try and um, back him. It was it was it was quite hard at times, but we we are really open. It when 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 all the players are fit, when the system works well, uh, we are beautiful to watch. But it does leave us exposed, and it it does worry me sometimes that it's Plan A, and if Plan A doesn't work, you try Plan A again. And if that doesn't work, then hey, we've got Plan A. Let's go and try that. And I, I would like to see him adapt more styles and not not set up for particular teams. You know, let's play our way. But if something isn't working, adapt quicker. You know, change it up a little bit. And we we we're quite slow to do that. And and even when we do adapt it a little bit, we're still wide open. <laughs> I mean, look, that's you, you've got to be when you've got. Uh, inverted uh, fullbacks like we have, you know, that spend most of their time in and around the opposition uh, penalty area. That's going to happen. But I think our our midfielders maybe need to do more defensively than than what they are. Yeah, let's move on to to Palace, Rory. I, I guess up until the last week, Palace fans would have longed for a manager like Ange Postacoglu and perhaps more entertaining. Football. I mean, summed up by the fact, yes, your XA is the seventh best in the league, but XG you rank 18th yeah. in the league. There you go. That's a statistical one, Ricky, rather than me just putting my foot in it. Um, <laughs> I think before we talk Oliver Glasner, have a word on on Roy and, and what he's meant to, to Palace fans and and now that he's obviously his tenure has come to an end. Yeah, it's, it's a very sad way for him to have uh, sort of ended. I, I think he essentially was doing a favour for the club. I, I don't think he necessarily wanted to be managing when he was 76. I think in the summer they approached him and said, will you come back for us and do us a favour for one year? And he said, okay. So he's he's a, a Palace man. He came through um, the academy, didn't make it to any sort of high level uh, as a player, but then sort of went globetrotting and managed quite a few teams internationally. And that's, um, you know, it was a sad way to to see him I'm assuming he's ending his career, but it's uh, he he has been fantastic for us. When, when he first took over, I don't know if it was after De Boer, and we actually lost the first first three games. Um, I think it was ten nil, and that we hadn't scored a goal that season. We lost the first seven four. games. First four, you went under De Boer without scoring, wasn't it? Yeah, and then Roy took over, and we lost the next three and didn't score. Um, so he he saved us that year. I, I'm pretty sure we were written off by quite a few people uh, that year, and we stayed up with games to go, like four or five games to go at the end of the season. And gradually, that team got older, and he got quite a sort of bad reputation, even among our own fans, for being a very negative um, negative manager, which he was in part, but he was sort of managing us through a transition period from being a sort of old fashioned style. If you look at the way, you know, like Sunderland and Stoke were run where you would buy players from big clubs uh, on big money, because they'll do a job for you, you know, like um, getting Sunderland, getting John O'Shea, I think, and, and people like Dan Gibson and, and players like that in and Stoke did a similar thing. That is almost how you used to do it in the 2000s, say, but modern well-run clubs uh, buying young players to then sell on for a profit. And I think Roy was always a little bit annoyed that he didn't get a chance to play with those players, with young up-and-coming players. And he was having Gary Cahill and Scott Dan, and we, we had to play a certain way. So I'm pleased that he came back at the end of last season and obviously was brilliant for us and we played some very good football. That should have been it. And I think, I think you said that at the start of the season, it, it was pretty much a, a holding pattern. Uh, for this season and it sent the wrong message to our own players as much as anything else that this year we're just treading water it's not um, any player you want to bring in as well you're sort of sending a message that we're just stagnating so that's that's the negative things but I mean he's been brilliant for us and we'll we'll just try to think about all the very good games that we we had you know beating uh, Leicester 31 over two seasons when they had just won the league I think 
Roy um, managed to do that. And there were quite a few other brilliant moments. But yeah, it's a shame the way it ended. It's just feel like a wasted nine months. A little bit, a little bit. But um, it's it's difficult really to, to gauge because what would the alternative have been? Um, Glasner, supposedly, he's the guy that they wanted. Um, he, according to Rafa Honigstein in the the Athletic, he didn't want to take over last summer. Basically, he and if that's the guy they wanted, and they think this is the right person for the club. It's not necessarily a waste as long as what happens now is good, and this summer we go and show a bit of ambition and try and do something in the window because that the first Vieira summer will be out of the profit and sustainability window, and we might sell a few, but that means you bring in some money and we can invest a bit and make it more in in the manager's image. Yeah, I think the excuse last summer, the, the only one we could really give, and it wasn't really a slight on Roy Hodgson. I think you summed it up well. It was, if you're going to go down this path, it's obviously not long term. He's obviously helped keep you up, but what's what's the best case scenario here? He has a couple of good years. We are kind of keeps you safe and stable, but like the, the club's not progressing in the way that the fan base want. If Oliver Glasner was the first choice all the way through, the one the one mitigating we gave last summer was if Palace know what they want and they can't get it now and Roy's got to be there till they can get it, fine. Yeah. And if that's what this is, then I think we should probably all accept it and move on and understand this is um, a new phase for Palace. What can we expect from Oliver Glasner? We've seen back three previous. We've seen your club player back three in the last two games. Is that what we should expect? And what else um, epitomises an, an Oliver Glasner team? Yeah, I think it will be that um, the three-four-two-one formation, which he used at Frankfurt, is what he's applied immediately at Palace. He has played a back four before. And I don't know if it is simply a matter of who's available, maybe when we get some of the players back, because uh, you, if they're fit, Eze, Elise and AU are all going to play. And then if you're playing this formation, you can't play that and a striker. Would have to be AU as the the nine. I was going to say, could he not? Could he be the nine? He Never, he's he? done it before. I mean, he played up front under Roy um, in a four four two. He could do that. Yeah, he has got that in him. I think he's done that for Ghana quite a bit over his career as well. So you could do it that way. And but Mateta's doing quite well as well. So you would lose something there, I think, as well if you did take him out. But um, yeah, so it's very kind of vertical football, which is you know a kind of buzzword. I I don't really know what it means, but it's a uh, it's kind of a, like a, it's not as high pressing as we have sort of been led to believe in certain areas. I think he is quite a pragmatic manager, but it's the back three will usually be there. And a lot of the time that will become a back five and become a kind of five, two, three without the ball. And that'll be the the shape that they're taking. And it's um, kind of two sixes uh, deeper. So it sounds very, very negative, but I think what he looks to try to do as, you know, most, uh, most managers do is try to, to win the ball back quickly and transition. He has said that you can, um, press in a low block so perhaps we will do that perhaps we will stay a bit deeper and I think we probably won't see his style implemented until the summer because one of the things that he really likes is is pace and I'm not sure there is a great deal of pace like it, even Elise is probably the fastest but even him and Eze aren't necessarily that um, athletic and more technical players so it, it will be that it'll be a 3-4-2-1 the Wingbacks stay very wide and very high, and we're, we're sort of almost as a lot of teams build in a three-two-five at the moment. That they're the width in it, and then the the two central midfielders are. They don't go forward very much, I don't think. So we won't see. Water. The six is more than eight. If yeah, you yeah, yeah. It's it's not like a a double pivot where one of them will go forward. They basically will both sit, and the the three uh, centre backs are quite flat. I think what what um he used to do was um, one of their players called So at Frankfurt. He would pull out into the fullback area to pick up the ball and then distribute it there, almost like you saw Nevers doing at Wolves when they played with the, the three at the back. So we apparently tried to sign So before, so it's, it's obviously something we wanted. <laughs> Sorry, massively interrupted. Ricky's going for a snog with his missus live. <laughs> That's terrible for the audio, but gold on YouTube. Yeah. Cheers, Ricky. Carry on, Rory. I'm so sorry. You're good, love. 
Yeah, I've lost, lost my place a bit. Yeah, so it, it will be quite quite direct transitional counter-attacking football, but I think we will primarily be defensive and pragmatic for the rest of this season, at least. And I think you mentioned um, in one of the podcasts earlier this week, uh, Munoz possibly looks like someone who could be a bit of an asset. He's, he got forward quite a bit. Uh, um, get the wrong Belgian team. I think it was Genk. Genk. Not Ghent, but it might have been Ghent. But he, he gets forward. One of the Gents. Yeah, one of the two. Was it Genk? I, Genk, right, yeah. So he gets forward quite a bit, gets in the box, and he's quite big and physical and uh, can win headers. And I think under at Frankfurt, they had a brilliant wing-back who he got a lot of assists from crosses, and they were quite good at set-pieces, which has been a weakness for us. So maybe having a manager that prioritises set-pieces uh, will also be good for us. What do we expect Saturday, then? Because... A lot of the, what we saw on Saturday, I mean, that's heavily influenced by uh, Josh Brownhill's red card. But everything looks higher up the pitch. The back three look higher up the pitch. The wing backs are like wingers. You've got three forwards all end up quite narrow and quite high. What do we expect at Tottenham? Because it feels like a halfway house, and I'm not sure at the moment whether because you've won and you give yourself a nice little eight-point buffer over Luton at the moment, do you go to Tottenham and be braver than you would have been under Roy, or do you go, well, actually, this is uh, a team near the top of the table, we'll go there, we've seen what the likes of Wolves have done, go quite deep, frustrate, and use our explosiveness on on the counter. What, what are you expecting primarily from that game specifically on Saturday? Well, it, it would be difficult um, to be more negative than Roy, so it will, it will definitely be more positive than that. He He showed the big teams too much respect every time. We will probably sit in and try and try and counter, and I think the wing backs will pro- be primarily um, used in in that kind of uh, that way. They'll be trying to transition. I think the the two kind of tens, I guess, will probably follow your fullbacks uh, all over the pitch. To be honest, and I think we will be quite negative and try and spring um, out, but we haven't necessarily got the pace uh, that we used to have. And certainly without uh, Alisa there. So, yeah, we, we will be primarily counter-attacking and, and transitioning and trying to frustrate you, which sounds like um, is just what you, you don't want to happen. Ricky? Hello? <laughs> How much did you pay that woman? A lot, mate. I am now. <laughs> I'll be working till I'm 90. The thing is, Ricky, we're not going to get teams like Palace come and properly attack us anymore, are we? No. No, it's... Um, and, and we're not very good at breaking down a low block either, uh, which is quite unfortunate. Why? Well, do you know what? In 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 recent games, you've watched back at the start of the season and uh, we, we seem to be able to, to cut teams open, um, you know, long crossfield passes and, you know, intricate play. We just seem to cut teams open very, very easily. And recently it's been ticky-tacker, pissing about on the edge of the box, trying to fed uh, Fred for a pass. And when you're playing against a team that's got 10 men in the box, that pass is really hard to find. So we possibly need to get back to uh, to where we were at the start of the season We've got the personnel back now. I don't know if it's maybe legs are getting tired as the season progresses and just trying to do something different. Not quite sure. But yeah, that what we've been doing in recent games isn't working against teams that sit back. I'm hoping that Palace won't be sitting back um, and they do come at us. Um, I'm hoping that uh, yeah, Glasner plays that kind of way. There is one comment he made in his press conference last week, Rory, that that struck me when reflecting on the Everton game, which we know he was in attendance, but I don't think had any role in the team selection or anything, did he? Or, or I think he probably think he did. did. Yeah, I think he probably did. Because, okay. Yeah, he probably he, did. He said in the press conference before the Burnley game, he said, I'm told that a draw away from home in this league is, is a good result. Um, I, and I'll accept it for now which was a very bullish thing to say, almost like, in the future, we're going to go away from home. We're going to, our, our goal will be to go and win football matches, which yeah. I'm sure it is the goal. But there's there's a way of doing it, isn't there? Like, he's not, you could read be- between the lines of that and think, he's going to go to Tottenham, he's going to try and attack. That's not a good yeah. idea, though, I don't think, mate. No, I think he'll do that next season. I, d- I don't think we'll see that now. 
uh, in this game because we haven't got the players for it at the moment. So it's possible that Eze will be back and then Eduardo will go on the bench and then we'll actually have a sub to make. But it's partly that's the issue at the moment is there's not a great deal of depth. So we probably can't. It will be very similar to the Everton and Burnley games, the way we set up, because you can't set up a different way. And if he's willing to accept a point to good result away from home for now, then I think he'll probably be not necessarily playing for a point, but we will be restrained a bit in our ambitions. Okay. You, you mentioned obviously about Eze. We think there's a strong chance that he'll play. I take it. I understand he was in training before the Burnley game. Yep. So a week's worth of full training, hopefully he would go straight in, wouldn't he? Yeah. You mentioned there about Edward potentially moving to the bench. So yep. based on what you're saying, if if we say that Pedro Porro is fit for Tottenham as well, is Eze going to go and follow Porro around the pitch? He probably won't end up uh, on the edge of his own box following Porro, but I mean in the, the initial stage of build-up, he'll probably be involved in marking him but he's not going to follow him into our own box but then we might all be in our box so I don't really know he'll probably hand him over to Walton or, or Lerma I, okay. I would imagine but he, yeah I think Eze will be back um, I'm not sure about Gehi because it's quite it's not really clear what the injury was with him he went off early against Arsenal and then was slow getting out to uh, the second goal that Sheffield United scored um, he was quite slow in getting out to it and people criticising him for that and then he got injured against Brighton so I think he was probably carrying a knock through that. So I, d- I don't know what's wrong. I know it's a sort of um, it's a knee issue. I think it just hyperextended at some point, but hopefully the damage isn't too bad. So he could be back. But the the main worry for me is probably Joel Ward uh, as a right centre half and Son running at him is probably the, the main thing that I'm worried about. Is that not mitigated a little bit by if you're saying a, a kind of a flat five almost? Yeah. Without the without the ball in a fixture like that, you, you're going to avoid that sort of thing. It might even be that Ward comes into contact more with Madison Possibly. under that circumstance. But what, what, why is Ward specifically then, is it a pace thing? Yeah, yeah. So it's a pace and one-on-one defending. I suppose maybe he'll be better than some centre-backs because he played fullback for his whole career. So if he doesn't have to get dragged out to the touchline and then cover the runs, maybe it's uh, maybe it's a bit easier for him. But it is just, you know, 35-year-old Joel Ward is the the main reason. If Gay's back, then Chris Richards will be on that side, which might be okay from open play. But yeah, I, I think Madison has a tendency when you guys have a lot of the ball to drop quite deep and pick up the ball. So I, he might not necessarily be coming in contact with um with him too much. If you guys have got sort of seventy percent of possession, he might be yeah, might the might other side be of learning. Doggy again yeah. going into that channel if he's back available as well. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh... Let's talk a bit of fantasy, Ricky. Um, let's start with Sonny. In fact, no, let's take a step back. What's Tottenham in your squad? Is it just Porro at the moment? Or have you got Rishi Porro. as well? No, 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 just Porro. So just before we, we go on, um, I just want to just, for the for the younger uh, listeners... Um, what about the older ones? Well, the older ones might know. That's just more for the younger ones. Now, you mentioned Roy. Um, Roy is, um, for, for people that don't know, that haven't been around very long... Uh, they might just remember Roy um, from from uh, Palace or before then uh, England or Liverpool, and, and they won't realise just what an absolute legend this guy is, um, a, an absolute footballing pioneer um, across um, five decades of football who has achieved more in his career than, than, than almost any manager. Um, yeah, still absolutely revered as a legend in in places like Sweden. So yeah, don't just people may not be aware. Um, and you know, Roy now he, he kind of paints a bit of a sorry figure with the terms to, in terms of his football philosophy and things like that. But this guy is an absolute true legend of football. And just uh, I'd urge people to go and have a little read on him um, and just hear what he's done and and see what he's done because he is is a special or was a very very special manager. There you go. Well, well said, Ricky. Well said. That was it. Forty-eight years of management. I think was something his, like that. Yeah, he, he off his career um, in Sweden back in like the the mid, um, early to mid seventies. 
Um, and he won numerous league titles in Swindon and he won titles in Denmark. And I mean, people may not remember, it took Fulham, bloody Fulham, to the UEFA Cup final or Europa League as it was then. You know, he, he has done um he's, he's done a lot in his career and and it's it's probably unfair that it's uh, it's finished the way that it has on a bit of a sour note with Palace because he's he's better than that. Yeah, do you know what? It's well said. Uh, unfortunately, with these things, people can. This is why I think people retire early from from football or international footballs. Don't want people to have that negative bad memory of them. It's like listening to Tottenham fans talking about Hugo Lloris and just completely forgetting the brilliance of him for nine odd years beforehand, right? Yeah. Before a, a difficult end. And that's not a great comparison, but I think it's. I get what you mean about the younger listener or viewer. Yeah, ah. Uh, Hodgson was boring at Palace. Yeah, Hodgson failed at Watford. Hodgson didn't kick on at, at Liverpool and ignoring that Fulham or was West Brom manager, wasn't he? When he, was when he, he took West Brom to their like, their highest finish in about 30 years. He took Switzerland to third in the FIFA rankings, qualified yeah. for their first and a, tournament. And a first World Cup, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, qualified for their first tournament. They, he, he took Finland to the to the brink of qualifying for a World Cup or was it a Euros or World Cup, one of them. But yeah, Switzerland under Roy Hodgson were third in the world. You know, he, he was that good. And he lost to Arsenal. Yeah. <laughs> this is all we remember, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, and that, that's that's the unfortunate thing. He'd be remembered for, for moments like that. That's that's one game in a, in a near five-decade career. It's, um, yeah, it's a pity that he, he won't be remembered for, for his legacy more than, than just, you know, one or two games. I think across the larger football world, he, he will be. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say failed at Watford, James. I think he did exactly what we wanted him to do, didn't he? Agent Roy. <laughs> well, Watford, I thought Arsenal were your rivals. <laughs> no, 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 they hate us because the playoff final and the FA Cup semi-final and stuff. Ah, so. uh, yes. Okay. Makes sense. Yes. Uh, I've forgotten what I asked you now, Ricky. Fantasy. Right. You've got Porro. Yeah, I've got Porro and that's it at the moment. I take it even if he's ruled out this weekend. I, if you're heading towards 29, he's just staying anyway. Is he's he's got to stay, yeah. The, the, the plan at the moment, and obviously this week will determine a lot of that, but the plan at the moment is go with what I've got. Um, I should make, um, at the minute I'm on for, with the transfers I've got planned, I'm on for seven players, Porro being one of them. Um, one of those will be Sun as well, as as my current plan works out. Is Sun the right attacker to buy here, Ricky? Um, From Tottenham? Yes. I think if you want a Tottenham attacker, I think he's the only one you can get. Why, um, Why not Richie? Because Richie's minutes are going to be in jeopardy now. Uh, we've got pretty much a fully fit attacking line. Uh, Kulu is is playing really well. I mean, he doesn't get the returns that he possibly deserves, but he's playing really, really well. Um, if Richarlison starts, he will be taken off for someone, possibly uh, Johnson uh, or Werner, um, to add a bit of pace later in the game if we're chasing. So if he does start, he, he will get 60, 65 minutes, in my opinion. Okay. And with Son, are you then thinking he goes through the middle yeah. when Richarlison gets removed from the if game? He doesn't, if he doesn't start down the middle, in all honesty, he, he might well do. Um, I know it would be it would be harsh on Richie because he in while Son's been away he's he's done very well going down the middle he scored goals he's a little bit of a dry spell the last couple of games but on the whole he had a really successful spell down the middle um, but Son is is the main man in that side and if if, if, um... if it works out for me with the cup results and actually more defensive injuries Poro I've got Pal Torres as well. Then I'll probably buy a son this week. I can just about get there uh, from Jota. But I'm not in love with it. It's almost <laughs> it's almost like, well, because I can and because I know there's an explosive nature about him, let's go there as the one who's most liable to go off big. When I look at his data for when he plays on the left, it's not great, mate. And I, and I warned this even after the day you saw Trippier apart and got the haul against Newcastle, was as an asset on that left-hand side, he's not going to be great. No, and I'm going to... I might I'm, still buy him. And it sounds like you I, will as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch this weekend's game and see where he plays. Um, hopefully we'll get a few more clues. I don't plan on getting him this week. My plan is to move out KDB for Sun after the weekend. 
So I've got there'll a, be a lot. There'll be a lot thinking about doing that now, Ricky. Yeah, but I, 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 I think you mentioned it on the pod earlier on. You know, big game, Kev, and all that coming up against United at the weekend. I, I can't, I can't get rid of Kevin De Bruyne ahead of a home game against United. That that that's foolish. So I'll keep him um, and assess it for next week. Um, see see where Sunny is. It, like, if I don't get Sun. Um, I've got I've got a Villa defender, uh, Villa midfielder. Um, I managed to sign uh, Son Louise this week, which I was quite pleased with. Yeah, you've um, been hanging around with losers, I say. Yeah, yeah, I have, mate. Yeah, no, no Huang for me. Um, but look, if I don't get Sonny, who do I get? Bowen. You know, what other midfielders? You know, realistic midfielders would you get ahead of Son? I think it's a for, case for in terms of me and Clayton discussed this on. Um, when we did the prep for game week 29 pod a couple of weeks ago, and we spoke about timing quite a bit. We actually spoke about Villa and West Ham being kind of going into 26 and Tottenham being 27. Because if you let it go this week, with respect to Rory's team, that's the best fixture on paper. It's Villa away and Fulham away, who've been decent at home and a great result at United at the weekend. Troubled Villa themselves last week as well. Have you not missed the best fixture? Yeah, you have. But if I'm sort of cat in. Um if I'm um going into twenty seven uh, twenty twenty nine, not free hitting, obviously I want to get as many players on the pitch as I can do with, with as minimal hits as possible. I've currently got uh I think it's four no five. I've got five players in my side that will play uh, as of now in twenty nine. With no hits, I can get another two in, one of which is Sonny. The other one's going to be Tony. I, there's nowhere else to go with. If I want to take a, a hit, I can bring in Bowen on current form. I wouldn't sign him ahead of Sonny and I wouldn't sign him at all. So I I, I don't want to use my free hit. That's going to be much more valuable down the line. If I'm free hitting, who am I free hitting to? And, well, you know, the games that, that, might be different, right? If suddenly they, we've they got might. Man United against Sheffield United and well, Arsenal I'm, against I'm, Chelsea, it looks different, doesn't it? Well, I'm 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 very much hoping that that Forrest uh, pulls something out of the bag this week because I'm sat there with Garnacho and Maguire, so uh, that'll that'll give me almost an eleven. By What's the your rank? My rank, um, I don't know. It's not great. So I had a piss piss. Yeah, we um, we got that from what you just said, mate. Garnacho and Maguire. <laughs> I'll save you, <laughs> Rory. Um, what Tottenham have you got two, at the two, moment? Two seven nine k. Oh, yeah, similar to me. You're all right. Uh, same as same as Ricky, I've got Poro, um, and I'm just sort of keeping him because he'll be there in 29, hopefully. Any, uh, and any plans for more Tottenham? Yeah, probably Son did KDB to something, so that, that might now? be this week. Might be this week, or it could be something I do in 29. Or yeah, I'll I'll play it by ear. I I did have a plan that involved getting Bowen, and it's the the same. As uh, as Ricky feels about this, I I just went. I, I can't do this, that. This is probably the point where I should remind the listeners and viewers we are recording prior. Yeah, Stamps game against Brentford. In case Bowen's gone off and got a hat trick, you might feel very different by the time you've heard this. For example, yeah. Um, but I still think it would by, be by Tottenham over West Ham this week. It's Everton are strong defensively, and it's it's an away game as well. And then you can come back for West Ham in twenty eight or or twenty nine. Are yes. you? intentionally avoiding that Rory because it's against your team because you well, obviously I, mentioned about the concern about Joe Ward in that sort of zone if you will yes yeah, so maybe that's something that I should consider I was intending to roll this week to be honest because my team looks okay like my bus team is fine okay uh, so that was the intention actually I think on one of my plans I was going to get Madison in this week um, because of our weakness at set pieces under under Roy but maybe under Glasner that'll be okay so if you felt more secure about Richarlison's minutes, Ricky, would that change the conversation? Yeah, and when we say secure about minutes, we probably mean the expected minutes rather than him not starting. We think he'll start, yeah, right? He, 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 I think he'll start. And he, I mean, look, he's definitely going to get game time. Um, he's, he's either going to get a solid hour or a 30-minute cameo, you know, 25, 30 minutes. So he's, he's going to get plenty of minutes. He's, he's not going to come on with five to go. So you know, you, you, he's gonna, and he will get chances in that time as well. Um, look, I just Sonny's just the better player. You know, I can afford him. He's the better player. Um, when he plays down the middle, if he does, which we we don't know for certain, when he plays down the middle, he gets goals, he gets assists. 
He's just the, he's the better option. So does Richarlison's record for the last two was great, right? Yeah. I came yeah, out no. of Goodison Park like, this guy is killing my rank, mate. Yeah, I, I just, I, I just prefer sub. I, I, I might, I'm, I probably am wrong because you generally make the wrong decisions in calls like this. But I'll, I'll go for the the proven player. I'm, I'm still not over Richarlison last season. I, I, you know, there, there's always going to be doubts that he can sustain a run. He's, he's never let's, been. A let's let's give him some Joe Ricky. He's been he's been good the last couple of months. Mate. Oh, he, no, he, no, he has been good. Look, and one thing he's always done is is, is put a shift in. He's, he's, he's he hasn't not produced because of lack of effort. You know, sometimes his quality isn't isn't quite as good and he does have a, a bad game, but it's it's not through through lack of trying, hundred percent. But Sun is just the better player. Madison, Rory mentioned. So Madison versus Richarlison. Because not everyone will be able to get to Sun, right? Some no. might be looking at all oh, a Madison versus Richarlison choice. What does that look like to you? Um Madison still doesn't seem to have found the form that he had before he got injured. Um, he had the returns haven't been. I don't know if he's. I think has he got an assist? I think since he come back. Um, yeah, the, for Richarlison at Goodison Park. Yeah, yeah. So the the the, the returns haven't been there. So I, I'm. He's got as many returns as as Bowen has in recent weeks. So uh, you know, there's, there's a toss up between them two. In all honesty. Rory, how do you say that? You've obviously mentioned Madison. Is that part on impact of how we played at Selhurst Park earlier in the season? Yeah, I think he got. When we played, I don't know what we can read into what happened in the previous game um, because the manager changed, but he seemed to be getting into all the spaces and Son didn't really produce too much. That was against the back four. And Son did score the goal, didn't he? Um, from your only shot on target in the game, I think. But Madison oh, was hello. <laughs> Shots fired. Yeah. It's all right. We scored twice. Joe Ward got the other. You're yeah, mate, we he? scored. Yeah, we scored for you. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, so Son did score in that game, but that was pretty much the only thing I remember him doing uh, off the top of my head. And uh, I think Madison was getting into uh, pockets. And also, if you're playing against a low block, he does. Maybe he will drop back and be further away from the goal, but also he might have opportunity for long shots, which he quite likes. And um, we have been poor from set pieces recently, partly, uh, I think, because of like it has been Chris Richards basically every single time. But um, yeah, I I would prefer... Um, Madison over Richarlison, but now Richarlison will score. <laughs> now I've said that, so yeah, I, I, Madison didn't play well at the weekend. I didn't think Ricky against Wolves uh, last weekend. Sorry, no, he he, he doesn't. Um, it doesn't seem to have found his crispness yet um, since he's come back. That I, yeah, he could be a lack of match fitness. Um, could still be carrying a bit of an ego. I don't know, but he he hasn't played brilliantly since he's come back. Yeah, yeah, I, I think Richie over Madison at the moment. If people are deliberating that one, uh, while he was chatting, guys, I just had a look at Richarlison and Sons' data. I'll just uh, on same as well, funnily on, enough. On FB Ref, uh, this is quite interesting. Richarlison xG per ninety this season zero point five seven. Sun 0.35, uh, XA 0.32 for Sun, Richarlison 0.12, which basically ties them level on combined. But Richie with the higher XG, but yes, as, as you caveated, Ricky, uh, I think Sonny's going to get more minutes, you would think, in most scenarios here. But I don't think in, in the... I think I saw in the sort of 120 minutes or so he's played in the two games since we've been back. I don't think he's had a shot. It's two home games. Yeah, I mean he got the he got the assist in his first game back. Yes, he did. <laughs> Sorry, excuse me. Um yeah, look, Wolves wasn't was I mean he had what 25-ish 30 minutes. Uh, and then he, he obviously played the ninety against uh, Wolves, but that, that wasn't a good performance. We we weren't good. Nobody was good that day. Um, no, I'm I'm still uh, rightly or wrongly. Uh, you put out any, as many stats as you want. I'm I'm still going to. No, he's, he's, he's still sunny for me as well. Yeah, because I just think that ceiling is higher. Yeah, and it's probably it's probably it's just just biased towards sun. It's, there's no, nothing against Richie. We just we love Sonny. Not saying we don't love Richie, but it's, it's Sonny. Sonny is Sonny. You know, proven, proven, proven goal scorer. Um, 
you know, he he captain leader. Um, he's just yeah, it's 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 him over over everybody else in that side at the moment. Okay, if people wanted to go into a, a Tottenham defender at the moment, Ricky, let's just say they're all fit. So Poro and Udogi hypothetically fit. Still Poro for you? That's a really good question um, because in before he he got um, uh, well the the the, the uh, in the last four games um, he he got a goal uh, in one game he got an assist in another game uh, and I don't think Poro got anything in either so he just so it seemed like the, most he, shots in the Premier League without a goal obviously his goal was in the FA Cup against Burnley yes yeah what a goal that was as well. Um, yeah, it just it just seems the the pendulum has swung a little bit in in Udogi's favour. Poro is still the more attacking player. Um, he, he fires in some great crosses. I'd, I'd I'd still go with him, but it's it's a lot closer than what it was five six games ago. Yeah, I think if you're tight for money, going destiny instead would be perfectly reasonable. Do you subscribe to a little bit of theory that Madison's return is stunting Poro's output of it? I hadn't actually thought of that, but it it, it would make sense. Because Poro was still on most of the corners and stuff. Yeah. Even in Madison's return, but Madison would get himself on free kicks, the edge of the box and that sort of thing. Uh, it, I, I don't know if there's there's a thought process as well in terms of even an open play that get Madison on the ball wherever you can, rather than perhaps Poro taking more responsibility in his absence. I think that's, that's part of the train of thought as well. No, so I, so I hadn't actually considered that, but that, that does make a lot of sense. Who doggy it is then? Or Mickey van der Ven, 4.4? 4. Um, one, look, he's, he's not, um, it's not a bad option. He, he gets up for, for, for corners and free kicks, things like that. Um, we know he's, he's decent in the air. Um, you, you, you can't bank on a, t- look, when you're not going to pick our players for clean sheets. That's, that's very, very, I told obvious. you this in pre season, yeah. Um, and you you can't bank on uh, attacking returns from central defenders. You know you you, you might get the odd assist, a couple of goals a year, but um, look, probably a, a masterclass fifteen pointer from uh, from Van der Ven coming in now. But now you you got to be picking a fullback if you're going defensive for us anyway. Okay, uh, Rory, uh, three point nine million. Chris Richards says, "Hold my beer." Uh, should we be considering that? Um, as a as an enabler, yeah, I think he will keep his place. Um, especially if we're back three to, from now to the end of the season, he'll definitely keep his place. Um, but I, I don't think he'll score too many goals. What does that look like when Gay's back? Is that Richards moving to right side of centre back? Yeah, I'd imagine so. Yeah, he'll he'll go over to the right, take Ward's place probably. I mean, Ward's the the club captain, but I I still think he'll probably lose his place in the team. Richards will go over to right centre back and get him in at left side centre half, which seems a lot more solid as well as the wing backs are bombing forward because those two in wide areas is fine. Anderson has played wide of a three for Denmark, I think a bit, but I you don't want him getting dragged into a wide area. He's not as mobile yeah. as the other two. Are you? On any Palace at the moment or not? No, uh, that's partly because of the the form that we were in over Christmas. It it is a decent run, I think, from the Everton game till about thirty two. I think we've got some nice games. So I think the next four are okay, basically. Um, but beyond that, it gets a bit rough for us. Uh, I if if Elise and Eze were fit, then that would be something that I would go for. But we're probably not going to play in twenty. Nine, depending on what Newcastle do in the cup, so I think that probably means there are other places that people are going to go rather than go and get some some Palace assets. But yeah, Richards is there as an uh, an enabler. Ricky, any uh, Palace on board for you? No, no. There's there's been a couple of times this season I've been very close to signing Eze and also Elisa. Well, one or the other, but I I haven't pulled the trigger and then I've got injured the next game, so I've, I've kind of dodged a bullet uh, a little bit. And to be if I was going to sign anybody, um, it'd be one of them too. If I want a cheap enabling defender, it's it's Bramthwaite. Um, I I don't really see any point in going for Palace at the moment. Certainly not with with question marks over the, the fitness of the two big guns. It's a hypothetical then. Eze's back at the weekend. Stars in a way, Palace victory. Meanwhile, beforehand, Newcastle have lost to Blackburn in the cup. We're landing in 28, and you've got Luton at home, Newcastle at home, and then Forest away. 
in 30 as well. Bournemouth away, nothing to overly be scared about in 31. That suddenly becomes a really nice group of four fixtures that starts with two home games, Rory. Yeah, absolutely. It's got to be... If Newcastle can 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 do um, everybody a favour, um, then... Uh, well, so if Blackburn can do everybody a favour... I should say, uh, then, yeah, he absolutely is in the conversation. I'll uh, tell you why that's interesting at that point as well, is I think a lot of us would like to get a Bournemouth midfielder for, for now or for 28, and it's a real headache. If Eze's back and you're looking at 28 and he covers 29, there's two home games. Yeah. My question to you, Rory, would be, like, why not? No, I, I would bring him in, if, uh, but it's just the 29 uh, issue. But, yeah, I, I think I, as a We'll, he'll have something to prove. There's a chance he goes in the summer and we're still in a relegation battle. We've got a new manager in, got a new manager bounce, got those four decent fixtures. And realistically, we probably have to um, do something now. The running's a bit trickier, but I think, for example, Wolves and Fulham will probably be on the beach. So if we did need to get something in those games, we maybe could. But um, I think it's the next sort of four games, next home games, Luton, and then the the Bournemouth and uh, Forest away games. We've got to pick something up in just to... For, for peace of mind, really, to pull away. I, I have actually got you bottom of my FDR for the rest of the season um, across all 20 teams from, from here till the end. But you've got an eight-point gap over Luton. That victory was massive at the weekend. You must feel relatively safe now. Safer, yeah. I mean, I always think what you aim for is 10 wins because you'll get the, the other points and draws. I think we've got seven already. Probably need nine. Might even be eight this year. Who knows with the points deductions and everything. So... I, I do feel a bit safer, but I don't want to really don't want to really say that this early, James. To be honest, not with the no, injuries no, no, we've okay. had. I suppose the the guy who's going around and injuring all the players is gone now. So, well, I mean, you put Gay, Eze, and Elise back in that team. It's a different team to what we're looking at at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, and the missing Dukure is not as big an issue now because Wharton is ridiculously good. It's good talent, did not he? he? He's incredible. I think on one of your. I can't remember if it was a pre-season pod or at the end of last season, but you had um, some of the guys from Gaffin on. And that Gaffer is it? the yeah, championship yeah, yeah. one. Yeah, they were um, they were saying Wharton is a very good player. He'll be the next one to, to sort of move up to the Premier League. And he's come in. He's been fantastic for us. I think Fred say he almost looks not Palace-like. In, in, uh, in the sense, like, he'll pick it up from deep and he can play. And he's, he's quite punchy with his passes, isn't he? Yeah, there, there was a moment in the Chelsea game where Henderson knocked it long and uh, Wharton was like in acres of space. It, it was a difficult pass to get it around, but he just started shouting at, at um, Henderson and he's like a 19-year-old. So yeah, he is. He, he won't be at the Palace for, for more than three seasons. Okay. I, I one, don't think. One to watch, certainly. I'm glad you mentioned my mate Dean Henderson. You know I'm a fan. Who would you <laughs> prefer to be in goal? Uh, Sam, to be honest, I I think Sam's a better goalkeeper. He he has got mistakes in him. He's not got the ego of Henderson, and so he doesn't get talked about as much. I don't think, but I I really rate Sam Johnson. I think he's better with his feet than Henderson is. Henderson made a few very good saves against Manchester City, but seems to be a bit erratic. He, I'd say he is he's a main character, you know, and you don't, you don't really want your goalkeeper to think they're the main character. The goalkeeper should be sort of you should not notice and then they pull out a worldie when you need them to but he wants to be the centre of everything I don't know if you remember in the first Brighton game where he came out for one and punched it against Danny Welbeck's head and nearly nearly got an assist he nearly um, punched it off Welbeck into his own goal he's, he's just a little bit too he's too active makes me nervous yeah, I'm, I'm not keen on him at all uh, I don't mind Sam Johnson. I think Sam Johnson's a good goalkeeper. I think he's the better of the two. I, I was surprised that it took this long to change it back in. I, I know Henderson kind of was right time, right place, wasn't it? He got fit just in time, just as Johnson had a problem. And and he wasn't terrible. And you're right, he did particularly make some really good saves that game at, at City. Um, and you obviously got a positive result, so I guess it stuck for a while. But yeah, Johnson's a superior keeper for, for me. Yeah. Um, if... Just quickly, if you were to invest in a Palace defender, say this situation turns up like we've said, and you're all right, 28, 29, I want one. If money's no object, which one? Uh, Munoz for me, because he is getting forward. I, I think I put on our, our Slack uh, channel that he's possibly like a right-sided PVA. 
And I think Ben Arnold was was a bit of a cult hero with some people in fantasy football because he, he will get a lot of goals. He's he scored quite a few goals in, in Belgium. I think he scored something like seven goals already this season there. Obviously, it's a massive step up, but it seems like the manager's allowing that position to be fairly free and he, he will pop up in those positions. He'll get in the box. There's obviously a caveat behind Saturday and Burnley being down to 10 men for so long, but I think he had most penalty area touches of all defenders last weekend as as well, I think. Um, and Tyreek Mitchell has said got really high as well, but definitely Munoz for you, yeah? He's just more effective. I think Mitchell could have scored two goals um, in the last two games. He he got into the positions. I think against Everton, he had a really good chance playing in that, but it's just not natural to him. Here, here's a different scenario for you then. Someone owns Elijah Adebayo, and they're holding him because of the double in game week 28. But when game week 28 comes around, he's still injured and there's no money in the bank. Mateta? Um, see, he, he's done very well for us over the last couple of games, right? And a lot of our fans are happy with him. He's a bit of a cult hero. But the amount of times that the ball dribbles across the six-yard box and there's no one there. So he does a lot of the things that people notice, but they're not fantasy things that you get returns for. Like, he, he holds up the ball really well. It, I think he may have got the assist for the AU goal against Everton. Holds the ball up well, brings others into play, runs the channels. He's a lot stronger now, a lot better at using his physique than he was when he came to the club. But he doesn't... If he had, like, a striker's mind, like we had Glenn Murray at the, the team, uh, at the club, and he would just pop up in the right place where the ball was going before the the person who was making the cross even knew that that's where they were going to put it. He He found the space... Mateta's just not got that in his locker, I don't think. So, I, I guess he's cheap. So, there's always that. So, no, basically. Okay, yeah. cool. Appreciate it. Uh, Ricky, just one more for you. If someone's looking for an enabling midfielder, specifically looking at minutes for 29, perhaps Sarah consideration? Um. He's absolutely consideration. I mean, don't expect too much from him in return in in regards to returns. But if you're looking specifically at Tottenham, then yeah, he's he's going to play. Um, he, he will play the majority of the game. You'll get two points out of him. Um, not a card magnet either. So yeah, good two solid points. Okay, and I'm gonna I'm gonna mention two names for you, Ricky. I want you to give me one word on each, just a word. Timo Werner. Rapid. Brennan Johnson. Rapid. Um, no, that's, no, that's unfair. That's unfair. Um, I, I can't really give a, a one word. No, I, I think there's, there's a lot more to come from both of them. Um, they're both fast. They haven't... Johnson's actually been doing a lot better recently. Um, put the ball in the net a couple of times. Um but I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you one word for both of them. Substitute. Like it. Yeah, they will be, won't they? It's going to be Sun, Richardson, Kuzeski <laughs> as, as the first choice Free. It doesn't yeah. mean every game, but that, that's going to be it moving forward. Yeah, isn't they're, it, they're, they're impact players on the bench, pace, uh, fitness, stretch teams. That's, that's, that's their role in this current side. Good stuff. Thank you both, gents. Uh, Ricky, let's do a correct score prediction before we finish. On the understanding that Palace are going to come to attack, I'm going to say 3-1 Tottenham. Rory, on the understanding that you probably won't attack, <laughs> give us a prediction. I, The closer we get to it, the more negative I'll get, but I'd say 2-2. Two, two. Fair game. Uh, I'll abstain. I think we'll win, which I have every right to think. But yeah, I'm not too sure which one you I, I i do wonder rory if, if you might just turn up and have a go because the pressure's off a little bit yeah um which probably isn't a good idea at the same time i know you've got 11 players out there who are going to be desperate to impress the new man in charge and you are in the middle of a honeymoon period as well so i certainly don't discount your chances and if if Eze's back that's obviously a game changer for you yeah. as well uh ricky <laughs> anything you want to plug before we finish uh, just Patreon, sign up. Fantastic value. What site can people go to? Patreon. It's www.patreon.com forward slash planet FPL. Cheers, mate. All the, all the details are on uh, James's uh, X feed, Twitter feed, bird app feed. Or you can just read the bio. Yeah, one of them. Yeah, or, or that, yeah, cheers. You can find <laughs> it in many places. <laughs> and Rory, anything uh, you want to plug, mate? 
Well, it'll look bad if I don't plug that now, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's worth it for the Slack. Slack's good fun. Good stuff. Thank you. Oh, very yeah, much, just, just plug the uh, um, Planet FPL live coming from Portugal anytime soon. Uh, I wouldn't bank on that happening anytime <laughs> soon, to be totally honest. Uh, but thank you very much to both of you. Good luck for the weekend, gents. Uh, I will be back with Suj tomorrow for the Sky Fantasy Football Pod and, yes, Chip Strategy Podcast on Thursday as well. We do have a clash of correspondence for you next week as well. You can probably guess it. It's Bournemouth versus Luton. I had a double game with 28 with Neil Grover and Dan Ashbabe. Just leaves me to say thanks again so much to Ricky and to Rory. Be nice to each other, everyone. Ricky, say it. Come on, Tottenham. Cue music, please, Mad Shark. The Fantasy Football Show. Sports Social Podcast Network.